Today is Transfiguration Sunday. This is one of the weirdest texts in the whole Bible. You have to really use your imagination to go along with it. But maybe I can try help us make sense of it. So, um, it beckons back to the time when Moses was on the mountain receiving the law, the Ten Commandments, from God. And that happens in Exodus 24, starting at the 12th verse. Here's how that story goes. The Lord said to Moses, come up to me on a mountain and wait there, and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment, which I have written for their instruction. So Moses set out with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up the mountain of God. To the elders he had said, wait here for us, Until we come to you again, for Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a dispute may go to them. Then Moses went up on the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. And the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. And the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, God called to Moses out of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. And then the story of the actual transfiguration as it comes to us in Matthew is in the 17th chapter. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and his brother John, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. And suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking with him. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, we will make three dwellings here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them. And from the cloud, the voice said, this is my son, the beloved. With him, I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them to tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Friends, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I had a field ed supervisor once who, when he was making conversation with people, used to ask them, what is your good news for today? And they would talk about that. What's our good news for the day? And for some of them, it was things like, 
I got a new job, I got a new paycheck, my kids are behaving. For some of them, it was very simple things, you know. Scott, the sun is shining. It's not really all that different than World War II theologian Diedrich Bonhoeffer's big question that he always wanted to ask, which was, who is Jesus Christ for us today? In order for any of this to make sense or be helpful or useful to us, we've got to think about how it applies to our lives right now. Who is Jesus Christ for us today? You know, the transfiguration story, as crazy and hard to believe as it is, is really a way for Matthew to say to us, this is who Jesus Christ is today. First for Jesus' disciples, but also for us as Jesus' disciples. You know, we must remember that when we look at Matthew, Matthew started out, his very first words are, this is an account of Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. It's not a coincidence that we hear in this story the words coming back again that we heard at Jesus' baptism. This is my beloved with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Now we miss it in this text because it picks up part of the way through, but it starts today by saying six days later. Well, six days after what, you might ask? You're right to ask. Six days after Peter has said out loud when Jesus said, who do they say I am? Peter says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. It's a great confession. Later, Jesus will say, upon my church, this will be built. This is the most important thing you can say. But not shortly after Peter says that, Jesus gives the strongest rebuke of anybody in the whole Bible where he says, get behind me, Satan. You don't know what you're talking about. Also not a coincidence. Because the disciples don't understand who Jesus is and who Jesus is for them in their daily life. It's hard to put all this stuff, all this stuff that requires belief and faith and a leap in judgment, possibly even suspending our factual, logical part of our brain. At some point we do that as people of faith, I suppose. But, you know, it's interesting because there's this whole debate in theology about the historical Jesus, Jesus the man. And the divine Christ. 
Jesus the God. And we get into these debates often about which one is more important. And you know, our creed says Jesus was fully man, fully God. Fully human, fully God. Historically, we've said both are important. But on days like this, we want to talk about clothes of dazzling white. Factually, it's hard to get there on this with this story. Well, don't forget how it ends. Because Jesus is transformed, he's transfigured, he's metamorphosized. Those kids like big words, so I guarantee you they're going to be walking around here for a month telling you about how they were metamorphosized. Jesus is transfigured. Peter and James and John see it and are mesmerized. Kendall was right. If you saw that, you would be surprised. You would be stunned. And you would be afraid. They were all those things. Jesus has a conversation. Nobody knows what they said with Elijah and Moses. Moses, the one who gives the law. Elijah, the one who points to the Messiah. And then, see what happens? Then, everything goes back to normal. Jesus is a man again, just like Peter and James and John. And he goes and he talks to them, and they have a conversation. They go back down the mountain, and nobody knows what's happened but the four of them. Who is Jesus Christ for them? That is the primary conversation, the primary thought that these guys are trying to struggle with because they know now at this point in the gospel story that Jesus is headed to Jerusalem to die. What kind of God is it that would do that? That would let his beloved end in such a horrible way? Who is Jesus Christ for them? Well, they figure out that he is the Messiah. They see him transfigured and hear the voice, this is my beloved. But then he goes back to normal. Goes back to being a man. And it's confusing. It's all tied to what will happen in Jerusalem. It's not, say, not a coincidence that this is the Sunday where we always hear this text right before Lent starts because we're looking toward Lent, looking toward Jerusalem, looking to see the way that Jesus will come to an end and save us all from our sins. 
But this way of doing things, this way of telling this story, it's done for the disciples. It's done for us so that we don't lose track of what's happening here. It would be easy for Jesus to have just to stay glorious. But we'd have missed the point of a suffering servant. Who is Jesus for us today? Who is Jesus for the disciples? Well, they get a glimmer. They get a glimpse. And then he says, and don't tell anybody until after I'm raised from the dead. Shh. Now, for some of you, this is exactly your kind of evangelism. Don't tell anybody. Shh. <laughs> it's not what I tell you. Tell everybody is what I tell you. This is kind of like, I'm trying to, I've been trying all week to find a good example of what this is like. And I think it's like every Hallmark movie that was not about Christmas that you've ever seen. You know the Hallmark movies where there's the old guy who sits on his porch and he collects the kids' frisbees and their bikes and their balls that come in the yard. And he says, you kids, you can't have this back. And he's all grumpy and the kids, there's all this town meeting that they try to figure out why this guy is so mean. And then he dies and he leaves a million gajillion dollars to every kid in the town so they can go to college for free. It's like that thing that you learn about your dad when his friends come and talk to you at his funeral that you never knew. It's when your kids tell the story about your mother And you wish you knew who she you wish you knew that woman. Jesus shows us in the transfiguration story who he really is, but he gives a glimmer, a glimpse, just a little bit of that view of who he is to the disciples, so that they are able to carry on, to continue, and to know that Jesus is both God and man. And in the midst of the trials to come, that Jesus will make it through. And so will they. God gives us what we need. And in this case, God gave the disciples a glimmer of the glory that Jesus would share. What do you need from God? Who is Jesus for you today? What's your good news? Thanks be to God. Amen.